0: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network.
1: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto, uh, Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of... Go PowerCat.com. And the man to my right is Scott Chasen a Fog.net. You're, you're not? You're not.
0: Well, the right of the, the, look, the most important person here is the viewer, the audience, you for watching this show. So to your left, it's I, confusing.
1: But you, you're, I, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. You can interact with us on social media. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can at Facebook dot com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page it's fancy and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net and we start things off with our two minute drill the two minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center And uh, that's all I gotta say about that, Scott.
0: (laughs) Well, K-State moved to 2-0 in the Big 12 with a 31-21 victory over Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Fitz, what did you learn about these Wildcats from yet another victory? Uh,
1: You know, I can't get a gauge on how good this team is, Scott. I really can't. Uh, They are turning out to be pretty good, but they really struggled in the second half with uh, defense. Uh, But one thing they are really good at is blocking punts. They have done it in each of their first three games. Maybe don't let K-State block a pawn opponent. Um, That's UTCU for the tweak. But they do a lot of things pretty well. And one of the things was getting Skylar Thompson in system and he really was starting to get comfortable and he got injured. He he suffered a hit and it really wasn't the hit that injured him. It was the, the fall. It looks like he tried to brace himself. I'm just guessing here they haven't released any information. But it seems like A broken collarbone, or at least an injured collarbone, that is not good. They brought in their freshman quarterback, Will Howard, he handed the ball off to their freshman running back, Deuce Vaughn, and everyone looks smart when Deuce Vaughn has the ball, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. My ongoing concern with this team is uh, oddly on the defensive side of the ball, they got gashed pretty good there in the second half with the run game from Texas Tech. I, that's right, I said the run game uh, as they gave up some long gains and a touchdown. Um, I, I think this team is being very resilient. That's the thing I really like about them. They went through that first week with the lost Arkansas State, and they kind of played, Scott, like they were distracted, like they were worried about the virus. They were worried about other stuff. They just they weren't fully locked in on Arkansas State, and they learned a lesson. They paid a price with that, mm-hmm. and ever since then, They have been much more focused and much more clean. They still have issues on the offensive line, but uh, they've got a run of games here, Scott, that's pretty welcoming. They go to TCU. um, That's an interesting line. We'll get to that later in the Mm -hmm. show. Uh, And then they come home for Kansas, and then they go to West Virginia. These are some winnable games that are, they're facing here and they can get off to a really good start in the conference play.
0: Yeah, look, I, I don't want to give Chris Klein too much credit for the bounce back after the first game because it's not like they started 0-7 and, right. and he kept the team together and, and now it's this miraculous comeback. But he deserves a lot of it. He, yeah. he deserves a lot of credit just for, I guess, getting everyone to snap back, bounce back. Obviously, the win against Oklahoma. And you know what? Kansas State looked like a professional team, obviously their college, but looked like a, a team of pros going into this game, I think. Fits. We both felt like they should handle their business against Texas Tech. They lose a quarterback, it doesn't matter. They handled their business. Yeah,
1: they did handle their business. It was impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of the state here, another week, another <laughs> blowout. Kansas fell by 40 to Oklahoma State, 47 to 7. That is 40. I did the math in my head just now. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start this week with the offense or the defense?
0: Well, look, I I think they're both related. And the example I'd give is with Kansas State, right? Kansas State is a team that that I think you can really respect how they control the ball on offense. I think time of possession, as this statistic, can be wildly overrated because points are really important. And if you're scoring fast or scoring over a long period of time, it doesn't really matter. The, The important thing is the points. But situationally, When you're able to take the ball out of your opponent's hands for an extended stretch, give your defense a rest and give them time to go over mistakes, work with the coaches, uh, regroup, That, that can be so important, and that is where Kansas lost this game. In my opinion, Kansas did not lose this game in the first four drives of the game on defense, but in the first four drives of the game on offense. Fitz, here is the drive chart for Kansas, four drives into the game, three and out, three and out three and out, one first down, and then a punt. That's not going to get the job done. That put the defense uh, in a situation where they were coming back onto the field over and over and over again. There are so many crazy statistics that you can throw out about the defense from this game. Again, they, they did allow 47 points, so don't get me wrong. The defense needs to be a lot better. They had a busted coverage. Uh, they had a true freshman get burned on a deep route. So defense absolutely needs to improve. But think about this. The Kansas offense averaged 1.8 yards per play Dude. through the first three quarters of the game. 1.8 yards per play. That means you need six plays to get a first down on the same series six so not even five not even that imaginary first of all not fourth down not that imaginary fifth down you need a sixth down uh, just to move the chains you think about time of possession kansas had more drives in the first half go fewer than two minutes then more than two minutes and they didn't have a a drive go longer than 250. so if you think about it you're just constantly handing the ball back to to the uh, other team's offense over and over against oklahoma state the kansas defense held him to a field goal on the first drive, forced a punt on the second drive. Oh, look at that. Oklahoma State took over at the 29-yard line of Kansas on the next series. Uh, to me, this is the offense. This is not the defense. The defense needs to be better. It was not good enough, but the offense repeatedly let it down.
1: That's just, that's horrible. That, the 1.8 is, ah, no. Well, <laughs> let's move on. The Big 12 has been hard to get a handle on this year, and that extends to the quarterback play. So here's the question we haven't had to ask in a while. Who
0: is the best quarterback in the conference? Right, like this question year after year after year, it's just been like whoever Oklahoma has, or there's been a very clear defined number one. Uh, there are so many answers to this question, and I'm not sure which one is the right one because, you know, Sam Ellinger, Spencer Rattler, these are guys that should be the top two. Brock Purdy is another one. I- I've seen Brock Purdy make probably a handful of great plays this year, and then I've seen Brock Purdy make a handful full of plays that if a Kansas quarterback made them, you'd go, that's bad even for what Kansas has put out on the field. He is a, a complete enigma. I don't know what to do with him. Charlie Brewer at times has looked great. Charlie Brewer at times has struggled. Fitz, I I don't have the answer to this question for the first time in a while. Now, if you were asking me, hey, pick one, you'll get the rest of their college career. Yeah, I'd be tempted to go with the younger Spencer Rattler. He's got a lot of time to develop. And you know what? I I actually thought he played pretty well, even though they obviously fell to Iowa State. If it were for, you know, if if it was a situation where you said you've got one game, you know, go out there and get a winner, I I honestly don't know who I would take. Who, Who are you going with? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think the quarterback play is pretty miserable. I, I think you could make an argument that uh, based on his last what, game and a half, last game and a half, Skylar Thompson was playing as well as anyone in this conference, and, and now he's out maybe for a prolonged period. The most talented quarterback's Rattler, but he's now lost two in a row, and, and that doesn't all lie at the feet of a quarterback, but it's certainly – uh, says that he's not getting enough done. I mean, his final throw, the interception at mm-hmm. Iowa State was just really pushing it. He just, it just wasn't good at all. I probably have to go with Sam Ellinger, it's just where it's at right now, uh, but they lost too. Uh, I, I don't know, Scott, <laughs> I, it's, and that's really the problem with the yeah. conference now is there's no one really that is rising above mm-hmm. in terms of the other quarterbacks in this league.
0: Yeah, coming into the season, I think Sam Ellinger might have been my third choice. Right now, he might be up there as my first. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, Spencer Rattler, you can explain away a lot of the interceptions. Hey, even that late one, you know, could it have been pass interference or holding or something? But there's a lot of those mistakes to explain away. He's very clearly a freshman that has the expectations of leading a top-five team in the country. Right now, it's not working. Well, let's
1: see how Will Howard does at TCU. Maybe we'll... (laughs) annoyed him, the the chosen one. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in call today for a free estimate. I'll come out and do it. It'll be
0: fantastic. (laughs) Well, I don't think anyone wants that. But last week's uh, question was, after one week of conference play at the time, who is the best team in the Big 12? And the results were really split, but they they, kind of stood up this week. Oklahoma, 18%. Uh, The top option was other 35%. Oklahoma State, 24%. Texas, 23%. So maybe some K-State love in there. Maybe some uh, Iowa State love in there. I, I really don't know.
1: I, I don't know, I, I think that sums up the conference really well. Here is this week's question. The Kansas offense hasn't scored more than 14 points in three series big 12 games going back to last year. When will that streak end? A, at West Virginia on the 17th. B, at K-State on the 24th. C, versus Iowa State in Lawrence on the 31st. D, none of the above. Uh, none of the above. And E, it's going to go on forever, <laughs> ever. That wasn't one of the answers. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13
0: A little Halloween game against Iowa yes, State. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
1: Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt Your Work Boot Center.
0: Well, it would appear that a full-on youth movement led by true freshman running back Deuce Vaughn is underway in Manhattan. Fitz, how promising is the future of Kansas State football right now?
1: Well, Deuce Vaughn is very promising. I mean, the kid had uh, 100 yards rushing, uh, quite a bit of passing yardage. Uh, He just, he's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, and you know, if you seal the edge for him, and he gets around the corner, uh, he just gets up the field so quickly, and he squirts through tackles. He's hard to—he's kind of slippery. It's just really impressive. He's five foot five, 170 pounds, and uh, he is the most notable player on the football field. Um, he's Mugsy Bugs and cleats. That's a dated reference, kids. It's okay. Uh, he's just—he's a, a lot of fun to watch. And now Will Howard, another true freshman, steps in uh, at center. Uh, they played true freshmen in the offensive line, the defensive backfield, and they also had uh, a lot of redshirt freshmen. In fact, Scott, they had four players come to the post-game Zoom teleconference: redshirt freshman, true freshman, true freshman, and Eli Sullivan, a six-year senior. Uh, linebacker who looked really old compared to his teammates. It it is really amazing how many players that this new coaching staff has recruited and brought in in a year and a half, you know, just kind of like one and a half recruiting classes because that first one wasn't even uh, all theirs. And these guys are coming in and playing and having a major impact. Uh, Kansas State beat Tech, sealed the win when a true freshman quarterback, read the defense and a true freshman running back in the slot beat a veteran linebacker and got down the middle of the field and then ran the length of the field for a touchdown. Those are true freshmen in a big game and a big moment coming through and you know what Scott They don't count. This year doesn't count. You know what they're going to be next year? They're going to be true freshmen in Mm -hmm. terms of eligibility. It's incredible. This is a great opportunity for a program like K-State and KU to really maximize how much they're going to get out of these classes because you get them for an extra year, essentially. Everything happening this year is a bonus. It's added experience. Yes, amazing.
0: Real quick, the question I wanted to ask coming in today uh, to you is just, if you had to pick one word, uh, to describe Chris, Chris Kleiman, what his tenure has already meant, what it's already looked like. One word.
1: Promising. I, I when, when they get all their players in the program, I'm going to be really interested to see where this program can head. It, someone said it feels like 1995 again for K-State football, and that was uh, the kind of a breakthrough year for the program, and they really started to step it up after that. Mm-hmm. Scott, we'll have plenty of time to shift to hoops later, but uh, the kansas basketball program has been going through boot camp out in lawrence boot camp what's the latest on how things are going for the basketball team and will they wear boots this season to play yeah. basketball
0: different different kind of camp so every year the the bill self boot camp workouts are kind of these legendary uh stamina conditioning it's, it involves all this running back and forth waking up at 6 a.m 5 a.m depending on when classes are and you know i was covering the kansas football game in david booth kansas memorial stadium yesterday and lo and behold, who walks in? It's Bill Self. So, of course, we stopped, got a little bit of an update on how things are going, and you know, I find it interesting that the basketball season last year didn't have a natural conclusion, so I almost feel like a lot of people are kind of going into this next season just figuring, oh, every team will pick up where they left off. You you look at what, uh, I guess you talk to people, you listen to what people have to say, you look on social media, and uh, expectations, particularly in Kansas, are extremely high, you know, lest we forget that last year's basketball team was one of the most dominant defenses, uh, according to the advanced metrics in Ken Palm in the history of the sport of college basketball. So uh, I expect the Jayhawks to take a step back, but uh, two players that Bill Self actually said are standing out right now uh, in these kind of early workouts and their early uh, look at them. They're both sort of newcomers. One is Bryce Thompson. He is a newcomer. He is a five-star freshman. He is a McDonald's All-American. I had the chance to see him fits before his junior year, and he looked really thin. He looked like a guy who was a good athlete, maybe not a Big 12 athlete. He looked like a guy who was a tweener, maybe not a point guard. And this was a guy who just developed over the last two years of his career. He became a McDonald's All-American, became a knockdown shooter. Now I think Kansas is really excited to have him. The other one is Jalen Wilson. He's not technically a newcomer, although I think he'd technically qualify for uh, in terms of awards. He's a redshirt freshman. He played in one game plus one minute last year before I think it was an ankle injury that ended his season. Apparently, he's lost about 15 pounds. He was always a natural scorer, kind of awkward in terms of position fit because he's a little bit too big uh, in terms of maybe weight to play in the wing. That's not to say he's out of shape, but he's always been a thicker guy. You might want to stick him at, at kind of a small ball four spot. Now it seems like he's lost about 15 pounds, and he could really make a jump forward.
1: That's very good. I'd like to lose 15 pounds. <laughs> I play the wing. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs were supposed to play the New England Patriots today, and I was fired up. <laughs> However, that game has been postponed due to a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, I, I can go on forever about this, but here's the question. If the Chiefs can get through that game with a victory, do they have a real chance at going 16-0? and That would mean they won all their games.
0: Yeah, look, it's funny because uh, you're already starting to hear kind of people talk about, you know, they they beat the Ravens, right? That was supposed to be the really hard game. Uh, It's important to remember two things. One, it's really hard to win all all your games, even if you are favored in uh, every single one of them, especially late in the year when you get in situations where players start to rest. Now Andy Reid is the coach of the Chiefs. There's not a coach in the NFL uh, that I think can do more with less at this point than probably Andy Reid. He can take a backup quarterback uh, and make him look really good and almost beat the Green Bay Packers uh, like you saw last year. Couple games to circle on the calendar: Tampa Bay, that defense looks interesting. Their offense will be coming together. New Orleans, uh, even the Chargers late in the season, we'll have to see what their quarterback situation looks like. And you got Buffalo creeping up. Buffalo has been really good this year, Fitz.
1: Yep, it's going to be interesting. Um, I- I don't know. Uh, hopefully they'll get this game in on Tuesday, but uh, Cam Newton gets COVID, everything stops, and that's basically what happened. Ironically, the guy playing Cam Newton's uh, role on the scout team also got COVID. That is not a joke. He actually did for the Chiefs. So it's just a, it's a mess, and if they're going to cancel games every time one guy gets sick, they're, we're not going to get through this football season. You've, you've got to kind of persist, but now they need to make sure that a bunch of guys don't
0: have it. Yeah, have to make sure everyone is – uh, obviously safe there and, yep. and now let's hear from the fans our fan question this week Fitz. i think this is directed at you did kansas state break oklahoma from douglas in topeka a follow-up can you put them back together do you have like glue or a no, glue stick I, maybe nope. or something
1: um uh, they they're broken they are uh, i don't know if texas beats them can you imagine oklahoma being zero and three you know, they scheduled that game with Missouri State. They felt really good about beating a really dreadful Missouri State team, and Spencer Rattler was uh, starting to dust off the shelf for a Heisman already. And uh, K-State did some things to him, particularly in the fourth quarter, that really did kind of dent his image, and, and now Iowa State extended it uh, by beating the Sooners. I, I don't know. This is, it's a weird year, and if OU is 0-3, Uh, I don't think anyone's going to feel too sorry.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma, Kansas tied. I guess not in total wins, but at the very least in Big 12 play. That counts for something. Mm It does. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter, at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now it's time to take a look at our predictions. And predictions are brought to you by Patriots Guns in Manhattan. We are worth the trip, guaranteed. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive Thirteen. Let's look at last week's results. We were all smart. We all went <laughs> not brilliant. Brilliant three and zero. We all went two uh, and one. Uh, and Scott continues to lead with a massive one game lead. <laughs> it's going to be hard to catch him. Here's this week's picks. We start with Kansas State, which came out as a nine and a half point underdog at TCU. Will the frogs win by ten or more? I say no. And I think this is all about the freshman quarterback, Scott. Mm-hmm. I think. They're, uh, I'll take
0: TCU. It. Won't feel great about it, but I'll take TCU. Next is Texas Tech plus thirteen and a half at Iowa State. Fitz, I'm rolling with the Cyclones. Two in a row, big score, win by fourteen.
1: I'm going to go with the Red Raiders. <laughs> to cover that, not win, cover. <laughs> our last game of the week is Oklahoma and Texas. We left this as a pick em. I think Oklahoma's actually a couple points favorite, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't matter, we're all, we're picking Oklahoma. Yeah, we're going Oklahoma. Yeah, we're going Oklahoma. Sorry, Spencer Radler, we believe in you. Again, make your predictions at, on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 and now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott, chasing of fog.net.
0: You know I, I don't know what you found yourself doing at 2 a.m this morning but what i was doing was re-watching the whole first half of the kansas game because i was pondering a question how can a kansas offense that at times looks so good last year not good for kansas good for anywhere in the nation 48 points multiple times 37 points how could it look so bad to start this year and at least the results i came up up with going over every play one at a time looking at the line looking at the quarterbacks looking at the receivers is it's so often a small mistake in execution, a pass is thrown too far backward, a running back misses a hole, a lineman blocks someone initially and then lets him go. But when you have a little mistake on every single play, those start to, to add up to the extent that they are not little mistakes anymore. They become big mistakes. They become massive mistakes. You talk about going three and out three times to start the game. That puts you behind the eight ball. The Kansas offense has problems. They need to get them fixed over this bye week.
1: Well, there was a lot of controversy in the K-State game about the targeting rule, and I came to the conclusion that the announcers didn't understand the targeting rule. K-State had a couple called on the field and then were later waved off by replay officials, and they actually got it right. It's not targeting if the runner is going down and you hit him awkwardly or, you know, you just hit someone hard. That's called football. Unfortunately, it's tough to play football nowadays. That's it for this week's edition, we'll see you next week.